I'm Carol Joy Sai, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 83. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Well, this afternoon, I am so thrilled to be speaking with a kindred spirit and a soul sister, Greta Eskridge. She is um, on Zoom with me, unfortunately. I wish she was here drinking tea at Sabbath rest, but she is in California. I'm in Oklahoma, but we are so glad to just hang out together. So welcome, Miss Greta. Thank you. I am thrilled to be here. (laughs) Well, Greta and I have been talking off air, and I think we're going to capture some of the things we talked about. But Greta and her husband have three boys and a girl, and they live in uh, the Long Beach area. And Greta has written a really, um, I don't know how to explain it, key timely book called Adventuring Together, which we're going to be talking about today. And the topic really we're going to be covering is how to navigate technology with our teenagers. I know that makes you want to lay down on the floor and sob just at the very thought of, you know, this firewall that we have to walk through in in raising our kids in this day and age. And secondly, how do we protect our children from pornography in a high-tech world that is coming at our children from every direction, including on the gasoline pump as they're pumping uh, gas into their old beater car that we bought them. So how do we navigate these things? So Greta, first of all, tell us a little bit about your background, just briefly. How did you come into the homeschool movement in the first place? Well, um, I was homeschooled myself and I loved it. so much so that by the time I was probably 14, I had already decided when I had kids, I would homeschool. And I have to share a fun story with you uh, because it shows how much I loved being homeschooled. When I met my husband and we were very young, I was 17, he was 19, mm-hmm. and we had gone on like we weren't even on a date. Like we went on a <laughs> hike together. Yeah. And um, I told him then. I'm in a homeschool when I have kids. So if you're not interested in that, we probably shouldn't keep seeing each other. <laughs> wow. So and I was sold on the idea. But did he say, sure, okay. Or did he say, what? What, what did he say? He said, sure. Um, he was like, okay, yeah, homeschooling's great. I like homeschooling. Um, I found out later that he really thought homeschoolers were kind of weird. <laughs> But he liked me enough to give me a chance. And um, here we are, uh, however many years later, we've been married 23 years. um, And our oldest just turned 17. And we've homeschooled all four of our kids from the from the very beginning. From conception. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So sweet. And then your parents kind of had a similar trajectory. You were telling me, tell tell the listeners a little bit about that. Yeah. Well, I love, I actually knew your story because I came to hear you speak years ago when I was just starting out as a homeschooler myself. And like you, my mom first heard of homeschooling while listening to Focus on the Family and Dr. Raymond Moore was talking and and explained about homeschooling. And my mom was like, what is this? And she shared it with my dad and my dad was ready to jump in with both feet. Let's do it. My mom took a little more convincing because she knew it would fall on her and it sounded scary, 
but um, I'm so grateful she decided to be courageous and she listened to God's leading because honestly, and I'm going to get emotional talking about it, but honestly, homeschooling has been the greatest, one of the greatest gifts of my life. Um, I can't say it's the greatest, but it's definitely one of the greatest. And so much so that, that I wanted to dedicate my life to it with my kids. And, um, you know, I'm already praying that God will allow me to be part of my grandkids' life as their homeschooled because it, it has mattered to me that much. And I'm so grateful that they said yes. And they were brave. Yes. Wow. And then you taught, um, high school in Long Beach, which is not, uh, the, I don't know, I don't want to say it in a rude way, but it's a tough, it's a tough act in, in Long Beach, right? Public school. Yes. Especially because I grew up in a small town, um, in Southern California, those do exist. And so that school, I didn't even go to the high school, but we only had one high school in that town and, you know, kids could walk in and off of campus. It was, it wasn't locked up. I mean, I, and it was just a different world. And then I came onto this inner city college or high school campus with a security guard that only one person could walk through at a time. And I, you know, I was 22 years old, fresh out of college. I had never even been to public high school and I'm an English teacher with students who are just like a few years younger than me. And it was, it was eye-opening. Um, I have so many crazy stories, but I loved it. I loved my students. I loved teaching. Yes. And um, if I could have continued to do that while homeschooling my kids, I probably would have tried because they did love it that much, but um, that was impossible. And like I said, I always knew that I would homeschool my own kids. So when my husband and I started having kids, um, I stopped being a public school teacher and became a homeschool teacher. So precious. So tell us about this book, Adventuring Together, just the name I love. But tell us how you came to write it and, and what it's all about. Well, um, I, I wanted to share um, something that I'm passionate about with other families. And if that's the idea of creating connection with between parents and kids, I think it's, there's, probably never been a time where it's so needed because there are so many things to distract us from relationship with another and to disconnect us. And um, whether that's just being busy, our activities, our schedules, work, classes, sports, all the things we can be involved in, but then also with technology that disconnects us from real relationship. And I think parents and kids are longing for real connection but it feels hard to figure out how to do it sometimes. And then I also, I always think about um, how, what's it, what lies ahead. And so as I thought of my own kids growing up, I thought, how can I create a lasting connection with them? But also how can I teach them to pursue connection, real connection as they grow up with friends and then eventually with this people that they'll marry? Because the world is full, like I said before, of so many things that are, um, disconnecting and um, offers a false connection. And so I knew we as parents, we had to model to them what real life connection looked like mm-hmm. so that they would be able to identify it and they'd be able to pursue it themselves when they needed to, um, to go after that as, as they grow up. Mm-hmm. And so the book kind of came from that heart place. Mm-hmm. And what I've done 
with my own kids is to really pursue connection through adventure mm-hmm. because adventure for us means getting out of our regular routine, out of the day to day, often away from home, um, where there are a lot of things that distract us or things we have to get done. And when we're, when we're out adventuring, we're really focused in on one another. We're mm-hmm. dialed in. And um, so the book basically tells the story of how I did that with my own parents. I think they did that exceptionally well. And then how I've done it with my kids as well. And it offers lots of practical tips for parents to be able to do that themselves. So what did your parents do? Well, they pursued adventure in different ways. Um, My mom is much more delighted in staying home and not going out um, getting dirty or, um, you know, having to drive somewhere where she might be alone in the woods with children. That sounds, you know, not fun and maybe even scary to her. Um, And also she had some physical limitations that made getting out and doing active things hard. So with my mom, we adventured through books. I can remember my entire life reading books with her, reading aloud. Um, And even when I got old enough that I wanted to read books on my own, I still enjoyed reading books with her. Um, She just created that as part of our childhood and all of my siblings, we all love to read. Um, So we adventured through books and I can remember all the books that she read to us. They're a part of our of our childhood story the yearling one of my absolute favorites um all the yeah of green gables books uh, laura ingles wilder and uh, caddy woodlawn where the red fern grows i mean just so many i can picture sitting on the couch or in the car wherever we were for reading to us and with my dad we did a lot more active things because okay. that's um, how, who he is. He's a big reader too, but um, with him, it was more go for bike rides, go to the beach, go uh, hiking. And um, I mean, he would even make, like if we had to take a trip to the dump, like he would make it an adventure because that's just <laughs> who he is. <laughs> so, um, it, but ultimately it was all about relationship, really building relationship and using the adventures were the vehicle, but the, the ultimate goal was building relationship. And, and I think they did, like I said, a great job with that. And I wanted that with my kids. Yes. So, but what if your children want to bring a little flashing screen in their pocket? (laughs) Oh, that was an excellent segue. Um, I, I actually, one of the things that I love about adventuring is especially if you're, if you are hiking, which is one of our favorite ways to adventure, um, because it's really simple, it's really doable, it's affordable, and you could do it almost anywhere. But a lot of times when you're hiking, um, you don't have cell service. (laughs) So um, it's a handy way to just knock that problem out um, without even having to make it an issue. But I also... um, I mean, for my kids, they don't have uh, cell phones. They don't have social media. Not I have fifth, so my kids are 17, 15, 13, and 10. And um, it's not that they never will, but they won't until they're 18 um, when they can contribute to um, paying for it. And when we've worked on years of learning to navigate the internet, Yes. in a, in a responsible, 
wise and discerning way. And also um, that they have a big chunk of their developing years being spent uh, making those real life face-to-face human connections, not connecting over a screen. So they are going to really be able to see the difference. This is my hope. Um, and and the, thus far, I, I think it's working because they have real solid connections with their friends. They're not sitting next to each other texting. They're not connecting through a video game. They're, they're talking, they hang out. When they're in the car, they're playing games together in the car and talking, not staring at the screen. And even if we're hiking with friends and they could have their phones, that's not what they're doing. They want to be together face to face and have that. So um, I think those are ways that I've chosen or we as a family have chosen to deal with technology and the siren call is to offer something better. The siren call. Gee, I wonder who read that book. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I got to meet your mom. She just sounds like a kindred spirit. She is. And your parents both met the Lord, did you say, through Calvary Chapel? That That was my husband's parents. My parents had a friend invite them over to dinner when they were first married before um, I was born and um, said he wanted to tell them about the Lord. And he introduced them to God and Jesus and they accepted Christ. And, uh, my dad became a pastor after that. So yeah. So my, both my husband and I come from parents who, who didn't grow up knowing the Lord, but became Christians in their very early twenties. Yes. So during the Jesus movement, the very beginning of the Jesus movement in Southern California. Yeah. Wow. See the fruit. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree, as my mother used to say. So this is so great. Do you feel as though you're the only one you know that's using my simple literature-based approach? On Saturday, November 6th, gather your friends and relations for my all-day webinar entitled, Begin with the End in Mind. Get each family represented to register for the webinar at my website, caroljoyside.com, or click the link below in the show notes. Then spend the day together exploring the easy yoke of homeschooling the Carol way. The seminar will be available for replay two weeks after the event. The good news is you won't feel like the Lone Ranger any longer. Now back to the show. So tell us, how can we, what are some practical tips for parents saying, well, it's easy for you, Greta, but we don't even know how to start. Our kids have had a phone since they're in the playpen or, you know, this is just sounds so like Amish Mm. or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. They're they're like, Greta, you're Anna Green Gables. You're too idealistic. Right. Um, well, I have to say a couple things. So first of all, I want to encourage parents. If you're a parent with young kids, um, praise the Lord, you're in such a great place because you can start by making it the norm that your kids won't have their own devices. And, um, and so take advantage of that. Just make that the culture in your home that um, they are not going to have their own devices until they're older and they're able to be responsible. And like I said before, really discerning. 
But if you are a family who has, you know, chosen a different path and you're like, well, our kids have phones, there's no way we can retract those now. We're in this. Um, Why can't they retract? (laughs) Well, I believe they can, but, um, but there are a lot of parents who don't believe they can. And so I would say, um, you can, uh, if you want to be bold and really shake things up, you can say, you know what, this, we've decided this isn't best for our family. Um, we're going to choose a different path. Okay. Or what about we made a mistake? Yes. We've yeah. never been parents before. We're learning as we go and we made a mistake. Will you forgive us? Um, because we gave you a loaded gun when yes. you've never been through gun safety course before. <laughs> exactly. Yes, you definitely can. And, um, there's probably going to be some pushback because it's going to be a huge adjustment for your kids. And so if that's what you choose to do, you need to do that with a lot of grace and love and compassion for your kids. Um, you need to offer them alternatives. There's wonderful safe alternatives. Um, as far as phones, my kids uh, have a phone that's called a gab phone and it, it, it looks like a smartphone. They can text the numbers that you put in. They can, um, they can call, they just can't surf the internet because it doesn't have the internet, which I am a huge fan of. Um, so you could offer them an alternative and um, you really can do that. And then if you, if you still are like, we can't, for whatever reason, maybe your child needs to have access to their phones, um, their traditional smartphone. Um, you have to be extra diligent about what your kid is doing with that phone. And there are incredible resources for you. You're going to have to do your homework. You're going to have to know what apps your kids are using. And you need to go on to, um, I have, I'll share some links that you can put in the show notes um, of a couple um, websites that, that go through, they list every app and you can read through and find out how to put parental controls and everything you need to do to make it as um, safe as possible for your kid. And it's gonna take work. Like I was reading through yesterday, just yesterday, the, the, um, all the information for the app, TikTok. Mm-hmm. My kids don't have TikTok, I don't have TikTok, but I felt like I needed to learn more about it yes. to be able to serve parents that I talked to, to serve them well. Yes. And, and he had listed this guy that, that I love his website, it's called Protect Young Eyes. And he had so much info lists that I was kind of getting tired reading it. And I thought to myself, man, I'm so glad I don't have to just sort through all this stuff. But if your kid's online, you need to, that's your job to help them, um, to keep them safe because there's information you need to know. So, um, whatever stage you're at, whether you're a new parent with young kids and you're saying, we're not going to do this, that's going to be our culture we're going to introduce technology in a limited way, really safely, or your kids have phones and you're going to dial back, or you're going to keep the phone. You need to pursue safety and work on that on your own and with your kid, wherever you're at. My biggest recommendation is remember, just like you said, Carol, it's a loaded gun and there's a lot of dangerous content and a lot of accessibility, um, for dangerous people to have access to your kids. And so we as parents have to be really wise about how we allow our kids to access technology. 
Greta, I did a web um, a, a webinar. I can't think of the words. Recently called "Taming the Media Lion." Mm. One of the families I've worked with for many years, and they are anonymous. Um, large homeschool, very serious about their faith and about homeschooling, and just delightful, joyful people. Uh, their oldest son, um, and they had every parental control, and they did all the homework. These are not yeah. people that are laying around smoking cigars. Right. These are people that are on their game, okay? Yeah. I read a letter from the mom, uh, which is anonymous, and she had never shared it with anyone before, but I asked mm. her, I knew about it, and I asked her if she would do it, and she prayed long and hard about it because it was so private and so mm. grievous. But she said that her son blew through every single yeah. control like it was a marshmallow. Yeah. And that these kids are 10,000 times smarter than we are. This is their culture. This is their language. Yeah. And don't kid yourself. And so it all comes back for me is, you know, dumb phones for our kids. Yeah. And um, people say to me that they, that their kids, like I'll be, consulting with someone and they'll tell me that their child is on a device I'm like what? excuse me and they're like well yeah they, they just they they take it or they and I said you don't have a passcode on that device mm -hmm. well yeah they figure it out or they know it I said like I would change it every day mm -hmm. like what are you thinking yeah. here again it is like an unlocked gun yeah. and um it's just children are very very clever and yeah. And the enemy is very devious. Yes. So I know that I feel like a Luddite half the time, but I've never had anyone say to me, oh, I wish we'd introduced technology sooner to our children yeah. never once. And all, you know, when I would speak in the Silicon Valley up, up in the Bay Area, mm -hmm. and these families would tell me how they don't allow their children near technology, even yeah. though daddy works at Google or mm -hmm. you know, Uncle Harry works at you know, wherever. And, and it's so interesting to me that the people who know the most are the people that are the most reluctant to expose their children to it. Have you, has that been your experience? Yes. And I think, um, I think that culture tells us this is the norm. This is what everybody does. This is what we have to do. And our kids won't fit in. Our kids won't have any friends. Um, they'll hate us. All these messages were told about, allowing our kids access to technology and um, the internet and social media and all these things. And I, I just, I really believe that um, we don't have to accept that as the truth. We are gonna have to be brave. We're gonna have to say, we're gonna do things differently. Um, and we, we have to stand our, our ground, but I think the benefits of that are so, incredibly valuable that it's worth it. Mm -hmm. I also think that we are, like you said, we're, we're kidding ourselves if we think our kids will never have access to, um, to dangerous content, whether right. that's pornography or um, being approached by someone who is a child predator or even by their peers, sending them you know, nude photos or requesting it, whatever the, the dangerous content is, 
we're kidding ourselves that we think our kids won't be exposed to it. And so I always say that means it's our job not to just put up the, the parental controls and the filters and think that's enough, that it's not. We actually have to be more proactive than that. We have to talk to our kids about these things. We have to help them know how to respond if they are exposed as quickly and safely as possible. But we also have to teach them to be discerning. We have to teach them to long for the good and, and not for the evil, to reject evil. And that means we have to admit that the evil's out there and we have to have those really difficult conversations with our kids. But if we don't, we are leaving them more at prey to more dangerous things because we think, oh, I, I'm too afraid to talk about it. And I put those parental controls on. I've done my job. That's enough. And it's not. It's not. Not enough. It's like swimming with alligators. Yeah. Yeah. So is there hope? Have you seen some families <laughs> walk through the alligators and get to the other side? Tell us about that. Yes, there is always hope because we have Jesus and um, he is fighting the battle with us. And I, I, I think that that's one of the reasons that parents feel so scared to tackle this because we think sexual, sexual sin, sexual problems is it's the worst. There's nothing worse. There's no hope. There's no recovery. And that's not the truth. Um, because even if your child has been exposed to porn, um, or someone's contacted them, even if they've sent a, you know, nude photo, they're not lost. Um, we are always, uh, ready for redemption, right? And that's an opportunity for you to step into their lives in one of the most difficult times and to walk with them through that, to tell them, honestly, I'm so sorry that you experienced this. That is not God's design. That is not God's plan for sex. There's something so much better. And I want to help you know what that is. I want to help you get healing and I will walk through this with you. So whether you are just prepping for it and you are preparing your kids with how to respond, or you're on the other side and you are dealing with the aftermath, there is always hope. And there's always that opportunity to say, God has something better. Let me tell you about it. That's so good. Wow. So I'm sure your book is full of all sorts of amazing <laughs> techniques and tools, and we need a full tool belt, you know, in navigating, yeah. because it's like you kill a snake over here, then over here, there's a lion, then behind you, there's a leopard about to jump on your children. And you're like, ah, oh, I'm too tired for this. I just want to <laughs> lounge and eat bonbons. But this isn't the time to give up the battle, is yeah. it? Yeah. And like I said before, I mean, I think that that's one of the, that creating real connection with your kids is, is really one of the best defenses that we can give our kids because you are showing them, this is what real life intimacy, this is what real life relationship and connection looks like. And so when the world offers them that false connection, whether it's, you know, through pornography or some other false, um, offer of pleasure, they'll, they have been seeped in the truth and it will make it easier for them to, to decipher that that's not the truth, that that's a lie. And it's not a guarantee. Of course, we know that that's not the truth, 
that it's that we can guarantee our kids will not be tempted to and fall into um, some kind of sin. But we also trust that by giving them this good foundation and yes. um, and showing them that we are connected to them and how to connect with others, that that they're going to come back to it. Yes. And so, you know, the book the book Adventuring Together. Um, talks a lot about that building relationship. And I always have people there confused because they're like, well, Greta, how does, how does that book connect to your talking about pornography? And, and I always say the bridge between the two is that, that idea of building real connection and real relationships so that our kids will um, long for that because they, they, we long, we all long for real connection, right? And so that's what we want to create in them, a longing for it, an ability to, dis to discern what it is, and then a, a desire to pursue it themselves. And there, therefore, they will not be looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, I have tons of, of ideas for those practical things parents can do to you know, have those things in their tool belt to help their kids say no to pornography, say no to um, social media, the different things that are such huge temptations right now. And um, I don't have a book on that yet, but it's, it's hopefully it's in the process. Um, okay. I'm working on, I'm working on several ideas right now, but in the meantime, I talk about it in, on lots of podcasts like this, um, speak at churches or mom's groups because I just want to get the word out as best I can. Awesome. So in the show notes, we're going to put a link. If you would like to reach out to Greta, have her come and uh, speak to your group or pick her brain in all the ways that she's available. These veterans are, there are riches. And so we need to pull from one another and not try and mine for gold by ourselves. But, but locking arms and mining gold together, I think we're gonna have a lot more success. So Greta, will you pray for families that are in, excuse me, the front lines of this, they're in the thick of it um, and feeling a little bit overwhelmed. Would you, would you pray for them? Yes, I'd love to. Lord Jesus, uh, we come to you right now feeling perhaps overwhelmed, feeling um, the weight of such heavy topics. And we think, well, God, how, how are we going to navigate this? But, um, I just remember one of my favorite verses where you, um, you remind us is anything too hard for the Lord. And we know the answer to that is no, nothing is too hard. And so God, we, we ask you for, um, your strength in the battle that we would be courageous and that we, we would be bold and say, uh, as a family, we decide that, we don't have to walk the way of the world, but we will do something different. Um, homeschooling families are already so good at that, God. And this is just one more way you're calling us to be bold, to be different, and to stand outside the box. So Lord, I pray for families who are listening right now, whether they're prepping and thinking, okay, we're going to do something different, or they're already in the thick of it, wherever they may be, God, that they would be strengthened by you and that they would have the courage to continue to choose uh, what is right and good, beautiful in your sight. And um, Lord, that they would know, especially that they are not alone. They are not alone because you are with them and you have provided people who are on the battle lines with them and who will fight for their kids and fight for their families. And so I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen them with that knowledge as well. 
thank you, God, for Carol, who's just willing to have these difficult conversations herself and get the word out there that there's so much that can be done. And I just thank you for her wisdom and her voice and just her joy and encouragement that she's brought to so many of us. Thank you for this conversation. Your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, I don't know if you were raised on Keith Green. Was that? Yes, totally. <laughs> well, Keith Green um, did an album called No Compromise. I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember. And yeah. it had all these people bowing to an idol, kind of like in the time of King Nebuchadnezzar. And then these two guys just standing up alone and everyone else looking up from their kneeling position and pointing with their mouth open. And it was called no compromise. Yes. And um, I think of the phrase dare to be a Daniel. Yeah. Sometimes we just have to be parental and we have to do the hard thing, but that's what we signed up for. When we had a baby, we signed up for that. And so it's not always a popularity contest, but mm-hmm. a, a group of people in, uh, I think it was Kansas City, created an organization and their motto was, the last child to get a phone wins. Mm, I love that. I I've heard that. of them. I'm going to have to research them. Yes, I'll, I, I'll look it up and, and get it to you. But it is, it's, we, we can dare to be different. Yes. Um, since when did we not sign up for that? You know, yeah. he just didn't say, yeah, come follow me. It's going to be a day at the beach. <laughs> He's like, come, come and bear your cross and follow me. It's like, oh no, I didn't sign up for that. No, really you did. You did. So I am so grateful to have my friend Greta Eskridge and her book Adventuring Together that we've talked about. And I look forward to maybe some future conversations because I think you're just warming up, Greta. So thank you listeners for joining us this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. If you liked what you heard in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help too. Visit my website, caroljoyside.com to subscribe to our weekly email and receive exclusive discounts on my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings.